Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Calcio's Pantheon. I am Danielle, and as always, I am joined by my fellow podcast partner and fellow journalist, Elliot. How are you doing this wonderful evening? I'm good. How are you? Uh, it feels good to be back. That's all I could say. And for those who didn't know, obviously, I wasn't here on Monday for that episode because... I had ended up with a really bad stomach bug and just wasn't feeling good enough to record. But like stated, uh, Elliot mentioned that next week we will be having our good friend and fellow and you've been to support our Nico on next Monday. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. And I want to say you did a great job taking over the reins this week for our normal episode to make sure this podcast didn't have a lull in it. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. So, as always, we had just completed another week of the Champions and Europa League. So, as always, we're going to just dive right into the main storylines and get to the heart of all the matters that are going on in these games. So, this Tuesday, we had Man City advancing 4-0 on aggregate after winning 2-0 against Borussia Mönchengladbach. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of what I expected. Um, Man City get two good goals, one from KDB, who hit a really nice strike from outside the box, and Gundogan got uh, the second one, and uh, honestly, they could have scored a bunch more. Um, Summer made some nice saves in this game. Um, and Glogbach can come away from the situation with at least – I mean, they're playing really badly, uh, at least for the last couple of weeks. Uh, they're not in any European spots this season right now. Um, so they can look at this and say, okay, um, we didn't embarrass ourselves. And I think that was the whole point of the second leg because we knew once Man City got those two goals, it was pretty much cooked just because Man City are just an incredible team with the best manager in the world. And you just, they have quality throughout. There's a reason there. I don't know how many points they're clear in the Premier League, but by quite a bit. Um, Gladbach just kind of trying to do their best not to uh, humiliate themselves. And again, they just, you know, they, they, they did what they were supposed to do. And, you know, you don't want to be humiliated. They weren't humiliated. They lost two games, 2-0 and 2-0. You can live with that. When you're a team that's an underdog and you're expected, you know, to to a certain extent um, be, you know, crushed, uh, you know, it it is what it is. They can feel, okay, at least we didn't – at least no one's laughing at us because I think what happened in this game was kind of expected to happen. Um, But, again, you know – it was just about not humiliating yourself. And as far as Man City, this was not a very difficult game for them in either leg. So we didn't learn some. We didn't really learn anything from the Man City point of view either. It's just they're just the better team. And, and the way they performed is evident. Um, but, again, playing a, a team like this that's, that's nowhere near your standard, um, it doesn't, you know, not that, that Man City can't take things away, but there's not much to take away considering the uh, just on paper and in reality, it was a little lopsided, but uh, Glogbaugh kept it closer just to say, all right, we didn't, we didn't embarrass ourselves in front of the world. 
no one's going to be laughing at us. People are going to look at this, these two games. It's like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's one, at least Mönchengladbach kind of like did what they needed to, to make, cause like you said, obviously Man City could have made the score a lot worse than it could have been. And Mönchengladbach did what it, they did to make sure that there was like no embarrassment and stuff like that. And I mean, you're going up against Man City, who had, like you just said, has one of the best managers in the world. We've seen what Pep Guardiola has done, especially at Barcelona and other clubs along the way. He just takes teams and just takes them to the next level, and he's continuing to prove his legacy with how he works with teams and how he gets them from like a team that may not have been functioning at a hundred percent to being one of the greatest teams out there. Um, he just knows how to adapt to the like different teams and situations. So, and that's why they call him. If you haven't read his book or listened to it on audiobooks, I would highly go check it out. They, in his the, uh, book, they call him the chameleon just because he's able to adapt to different scenarios and situations depending on what goes on. Um, so they just proved that once again. Um, Mucha Gladbach, as you said, can't be really too embarrassed by this because they were the underdogs and it was kind of to be expected. Um, but shout out to Somers who, continue, I mean, despite the circumstances, tends to make a lot of great saves, especially in critical situations. So overall, there's really not a lot of key takeaways from this match. So, but overall, Man City are on to the quarterfinals quarter, now, right? Quarter, yeah, quarterfinals. Yeah. And so, and Gladbach, hopefully you figure out something soon because it just sucks to go see you go well, through this. They're, they're done in, in Europe and they're not going to be in Europe next season. I would be, I'd be surprised. Uh, I think they're in like ninth place or something like that. They really have hit a bump of the road. Uh, they did a good job making the Champions League this season, um, but they're now in Europa League area. And again, another team that's in that conversation is Dortmund. And it, yeah, it, it's just unlikely. But I, and again, you know, teams are teams and things are going to happen. I don't really feel bad if teams are going through things unless they're like, you know, in a Schalke situation, then I feel bad. But it's hard to feel bad about because this is just football, you know. I'm not going to cry about a team struggling unless it's my own. So it's just, it's, you know, yes, it's unfortunate, but they, they've got a lot further than they should have. Um, again, I think your boys up in Milan are partly responsible for why they're in the next round. But at, in the same point, they, they did beat um, – uh, they, that they got points against Real Madrid in the group. Um, they scored 10 goals against Shakhtar, and uh, I believe they got a draw against Inter. So you just look at – I don't even – maybe even one, I don't remember. But you just look at the situation as, uh, as positive because I don't think they can look at this campaign as, as, as bad because they, they made the knockout rounds. When the groups came out, I think everyone kind of figured they'd finish third. And um, they, ended up, they ended up finishing, I think – I don't know if they won the group. They got in the top two, though, and I don't think anybody was really expecting that. But so they can feel good about it. But so I don't even think they, for their fans, should even be feeling miserable about the situation. With the league situation, it's a different story, and their 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 own fans should be 
frustrated with that whole sit with, with everything that's going on. But at the same time, their Champions League campaign was a long, a lot longer than people thought it would be. Exactly. So up next, we had Real Madrid versus Atalanta. Madrid win this match 3-1, and Madrid advance 4-1 on aggregate. Um, good job to Madrid. Um, Gasparini, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Um, I don't have the energy to go on the rant I did on the couch of tears, uh, but I'm going to sum it up quite quickly here. Um, Duvon Zabata is the best player in Atlanta. It's not, at this point, it's not close. He is, you know, he may not have as many goals as he did last season or the year before, but that's largely because he's been in and out of the team because of injuries and stuff like that. Um, the entire narrative about this matchup was whether or not Duvon Zabata was fit to play. Um, he was in the, he played in the game against Inter. He, he recovered quite quickly. Um, and then he was on the, he played, he played, he's played some matches since, since his injury. Um, so the whole point about, um, Atlanta having a chance in this is whether or not he could play. Um, he's fit. He's, he's ready. The entire narrative is if he can play, then they got a chance and they would have had a chance. Um, and then they just decide to stick to put him on the bench in the biggest game of the entire season when he is the only source of goals. Oh, not to say that the other players can't score, but with Zabata playing from minute one to minute 90, you see that you have a chance with that because it's a one goal deficit. Um, and you look at that situation and all that, and it's very it's you can turn it around quite easily. Real Madrid is not playing their best football this season. Um, actually, they're in really good form right now. But but in fairness, to what, what Real we expect from Real Madrid, um, typically at least in the last couple of years, they're, they're not playing up to their particular standards. Again, when you're the biggest club in the world, you have ridiculous standards to begin with. Um, but at the same time, they're not, they're not living up to those standards. They are beatable. Um, in the first leg, the only reason they had that goal was the 90th minute um, strike from uh, Ferlamendi. And um, they take that, that, away, that away goal into um, the game in Madrid. Uh, obviously, mistakes are made in the, um, in, the, in the first goal where Benzema basically could walk it into the net. Um, and then um, – then eventually they, they get the other goals that they needed um, to kind of see this one through. And Alanta does get a uh, goal back, very creative on the free kick. Um, haven't really seen anything like that before. And that was, that was nice to see, to pull that out of their bag. But again, when you leave your best player on the bench, um, it's, it, you're not going to give yourself much of a chance. And he, he comes on in the second half immediately because by the time it was, the first half was over, the tie was over because they had the, they had a 2-0 no lead. They had the away goal uh, already from the first game. And it's just stupid. Uh, that, it's just a stupid thing to do. Um, Zabata should request a transfer today, yesterday, the day before. Um, the whole entire thing was about him playing that game. And he it's, – it's truly ridiculous. And he should – I don't know if he should protest and sit out, but they need to – he needs to – his agent, whoever he represents him – basically needs to force their way out of this situation because uh, he's their best player. He's their best goal scorer. And they couldn't, uh, they didn't play him the first half. And they also have Illicic on the bench. Who's not having a great season, but at the same time, he, they, they offer something that the other attackers on Atlanta don't offer. 
Um, and then on top of that, obviously, um, it, it's just it's just a bad situation. Gasparini, as good as he has been with Atlanta, has ruined their two greatest players in club history. Um, and he, he gets credit for the development of, of Alanta and of the players that he has signed. Um, but when, uh, when we look back at this time of, um, of what occurred um, during this era with, with this Alanta, um, I think Duvan Zabata and Papu Gomez deserve a statue in front of the stadium because of the way Gasparini has ultimately screwed this entire team. Um, and again, I do think they'll make Champions League next season, but the way he has gone about doing all of this, and he's been great, but at the same time, if they, they do have a conversation to be made about Gasparini's future next season. And when it's all said and done, I believe there should be one statue in front of the stadium after when this era is over. It should be Zabata and, uh, and um, Gomez together because I think the way um, Gasparini has – has severely damaged this situation is is unacceptable. And uh, they got the Copa Italia final. I hope Zabata I hope Zabata wins it for, for Alonso over Juventus. And then I hope um, Zabata just says fuck you Gasparini and I'm out. Just so he can win something with Alonso um, with all that going on. Um, then for Madrid, um, they hadn't been to the quarterfinals in two years. They pull it off. Um, good for them. Happy for them. Um, I don't think that they're going to be lasting much longer in this competition, um, but um, you got to give them props. They they were they were very good in this game. Uh, Luka Modric was was specifically excellent. Benzema gets on the score sheet, um, and uh, and so on and so forth. But uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's a shame. Yeah, I, I if I was Zapata's agent, whoever represents him. You need to, like you said, he deserves way better than they're giving him. And I am also proud of Papu Gomez, who knew what was going on and got the hell out of Dodge when he did because it just continues to get worse. Um, I mean, how could you pl- sit your best player who has the best opportunity to score your goals and you sit them for the first half? Who the hell does that? I mean, it's ridiculous. If you have people who can get you the results, you play those people. Um, But then again, so everything runs efficiently, but then again, that would be too simple. Um, And I I mean, Real Madrid – obviously got the result they needed and they're moving on to the quarterfinals in two years, which is good for them. And for the first time in two years, not in two years. <laughs> yeah, my bet. Um, but Modric was phenomenal in the game. Um, Benzema did a good job. I mean, there's really, it just sucks that Zabata. The main takeaway is they should have played Zabata, and they didn't. And it real in the end, it cost them. Um, so, like you said, they should be making statues of the two players who really pretty much carried them into like the Champions League throughout the past two seasons: Zabata and Papu Gomez together. Because without those two, they're they're dead in the water. And. In- 
in fairness, uh, Gasparini deserves credit for the development of those two players. But the reason in which the reason this Atlanta story happened was because of those two. And yes, you can say, okay, uh, Gasparini did build them up and made them into these monsters because obviously um, Gomez had just come from the Ukraine, I believe. And he was kind of a nobody. He, he became a monster in, in the league. And then Zabata was a, uh, he kind of jumped around with a bunch of different Serie A clubs, goes to Gasparini's team. Is basically a 20 goal scorer every season per, you know, 38 games. Um, so he gets credit for developing those two stars. But again, those, those two are the big reasons of why Atlanta became Atlanta over the last two years. So Gasparini gets credit for their individual progression. But I think Zabata and, um, and um, Papu Gomez get more credit for the whole operation. Um, and you can even throw Ilicic in there because um, Gasparini has developed a lot of players very well. But again, in, in why this entire thing happened with the Alonso story over the last two years was because of, you know, Papu Gomez, who's gone now, and the, the dude on the sideline in the Real Madrid game wearing 99. And then Ilicic and others have been important, but those two – are the reason Atlanta, you know, got to a Copa Italia final and got into a Champions League quarterfinal last year. So, yeah. Yeah, so it just sucks that it, the how the events took place the way they did. First, you had the issue with Papu Gomez, and now you are pretty much wasting Zapata, who's pretty much your key star. So, hopefully... Zabata is able to get like a transfer or like someone decides to say, Hey, we're picking you up this summer. Um, you want to join us because they definitely go ahead. I said, I take them. There's a lot of teams who'd be really interested in them. He oh, is, yeah. I think 29 years old, but physical, big, speedy, uh, speedy is not the right word. Uh, um, athletic, um, you know, with with uh, uh, people supplying him, he could he could do exactly. I don't think if he leaves, his production's going to go down. I think he will he will be at, at at least the same, and maybe it goes up. And again, it I don't know what the price would be. I I I imagine it would be steep, unless Alonso do what they did with Gomez, which is allowing their their you know basically the greatest player ever to leave uh, for a smaller price. If they do that with Zabata, there was a lot of teams that are going to be interested. I imagine Roma and AC Milan. Just, just how we, you know, I talked about uh, Vladovic on uh, during the last episode about those are the two teams that would be after him. I think if Zabasa becomes available at a at a reasonable price, then those two would be in game for him. Um, if if he's not being sold for for a reasonable price, and they don't they don't do what they did with Gomez, I imagine it would be too steep for Fiorentina. Or sorry for Ace and Milan and Roma to pay. Um, but again, I could see him go Sevilla maybe to link up with Gomez again. Um, but they got some good strikers, so I don't know about that. Then you could look at Real Madrid maybe. Um, um, it's not the sexy move, but it's it would make somewhat sense. It, you know, but so there's there's other teams that like that out there who would who would who be interested in a player like that and uh, Zabata deserves a move if he wants one. And, and based on what happened in that game, he should want one because the trust has been broken. And like I said, we've given a lot of roses to Gasparini. He's been great. But he also ruined 
their two best players in club history. And Zavata's only been there for a couple of years, but the fact that he's already considered their second best player ever shows you how much of an impact he actually had on this entire thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, up next, we have uh, Bayern winning 2-1 against Lazio and Bayern Munich advance 6-2. Yeah, I mean, I think Bayern are very kind here. Um, they were also very kind in the first leg. In the first leg, they could have scored six. In this game, they probably could have scored four or five if they really wanted to. If they really wanted to play the humiliation game. Um, again, uh, you know, Lazio had their one moment in that game. And they say what you want about Lazio. They, the, there was no mentality problem. They gave everything they could. But the, the quality difference is just too massive. Um, again, when you have certain certain world class players coming off the bench um, in a game like that, you know, at, at, in Munich, you know, they just took care of them, you know, as as you like. Um, Joshua Kimmich was excellent in that game, both in the attacking and the defensive senses. Um, Robert Lewandowski scores his thirty eighth goal of the season, um, and Chip Moting, a very reserved. Um, player for Bayern Munich that has um, who's not starting but coming off the bench and, and has proved to be valuable at least to a certain extent scores a goal um, and then they had opportunities in other places as well um, I don't think there's too much to take from this particularly because you know we kind of knew that the, the first leg was was over um, the, the whole thing was over after the first leg um, you look at the, just everything they had done up to this point the four goals get get them that moment because you're not coming back from four away goals. Um, it's just it's just almost impossible to do. Um, so I don't think anyone's ever come back from a deficit like that. Um, obviously, Liverpool and Roma had some comebacks, but neither of those teams had um, had um, well. Liverpool had no away goals, and Roma only had one away goal in the first legs of those games that they were able to turn around. But for Bayern, they were just in cruise control, um, and again. Um, I think the whole week of the back thing only applies to the Bundesliga. And those that aren't watching it don't understand that. Because I'll say this. I said this a few weeks ago. I'll say it again. Wolfsburg and Frankfurt would be a more difficult Champions League matchup than almost anyone because they do, they do things. They play Bayern away. No one will play them. Because what Wolfsburg and um, and and on Frankfurt and teams like that do they play? A, they basically unleash a suicide mission against Bayern Munich. They play them in a way that no one would ever even consider trying to attack them. And sometimes it actually works, and they're able to do those things, which is why in the Bundesliga they're more. You can break them down more easily than it, you can with a Champions League, uh, a Champions League campaign, which they only conceded two goals in the in the round of sixteen. They only uh, conceded, I think, four or five goals in the group stage. So this defensive problem only really exists in the Bundesliga. Um, again, so a lot of teams don't attack them that way. Lazio didn't for that very reason because it's, it's almost too risky. Um, but they get through, and despite that Lazio weren't the most challenging opponent, I think they're still overwhelmingly the favorites over everybody. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, by, you when – Obviously, they were 
at least nice enough to at least not humiliate the crap out of Lazio because obviously they're that team that could obviously could have scored many more goals. Like this could have been easily 14, like two on aggregate. Nope. Uh, let's, I don't know about 14, but they, they could have scored five goals in each game. Like they did um, to Arsenal back in the day, the, the five, no, five, no, or, or whatever it was five, one and five, one. Um, but, but if, if Lazio was a club that's where it has more, um, historical connotations like Barcelona did, uh, does in general, then they would have probably scored more because it, it makes a statement when you humiliate a huge and massive club like they do with Barcelona, like they've done in the past um, with other teams. Um, but obviously, you know, this is – they could have scored more if they really wanted to. But I think they just had – they just they just wanted to be a little respectful. They didn't feel like let's embarrass, humiliate this team this is not a team they have any kind of rivalry with. This isn't Barcelona. This isn't Real Madrid. This isn't anybody like that. So the statement doesn't make any sense as far as running up a score. If they just play their game and they end up scoring a lot, that's one thing. But they could have gone out of their way to score more, and they didn't do that, which I thought was very respectful of them. Yeah, but it was obvious from the get-go that Bayern were going to take care of Lazio like they've done with many of their opponents um, they got the result. I mean, there's really not a lot of key takeaways from this except Bayern go through and they continue to prove why they're one of the be- most prolific teams in Europe. So yeah, and and I'm, I mean, I don't I don't like to do this because I like the guy. Mobile didn't show up again. I mean, lots of have a serious problem on that on that end. Um, I don't know what's going on with him, and I'm I'm I'm. I, I'm not a Lazio fan. I don't need them to do well. It doesn't brighten up my day. But it is very concerning and a little bit sad to see him play so poorly. Um, I, it's, it's been so long. I forgot the last time he had a great game. And, you know, it's, it's just really difficult to, to see him go through this kind of stretch. And we've seen the greats go through this kind of stretch. And he is um, probably their second greatest <sighs> – Third, th- he's a top three player in that club's history all time. He won the Golden Boot last year. He's been phenomenal ever since arriving on the spot. But at the same time, he's dealing with something very difficult right now. He's going through a horrible stretch. And it, whatever it is, he can't seem to get himself out of it. And they have to figure out a way to help him get themselves out of it because they're, he's just not in a good place right now. And as much as I like to rag on Lazio all the time, because as you do as a Roma fan, but but at the same time, it's really starting to be very concerning. And I really hope he can get back to form to a certain extent. I don't want him getting into last year's form where he's going to take them to the Champions League. But just the, the way he's played in the season up until this stretch has been very good. Um, but I, I think Immobile just needs to get back to doing what he does best. I don't know his routine. I don't know what he does, but he needs to do what what has got him to this place to begin with. Um, so as far as that on that point, it, it's just very difficult to to watch a player who's that good be that that poor. Um, I can answer your question on that. Serial Immobile's goal drought has now hit well. What would be now seven fixtures 
Um, the 31-year-old 30 31 last scored on February 7th against Cagliari. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I get that. He's not scoring, but I, I'm talking about um, well, how, what, when was the Calgary game? Did, did, what did it say? Um, it just says um, the last time he scored was on the February 7th during that match. Uh, oh, yeah, that was okay. So other than that, it's been about seven matches that he hasn't scored or done yeah. anything. Right. No, no, I get that. What you're saying is different to what I'm saying, though. I'm saying when he's played, because we, we discussed this with DeBall last year. He, he, he's had games where he didn't score an assist and still was outstanding. He hasn't had an outstanding game, I would even say, before that, because I remember that game badly. He missed. Uh, he did score one goal in that game. I believe he missed a penalty, but I could be wrong about that. But it's it's been, I would say, January was the last time he was playing very you know, uh, positive football where number one, he's not scoring. Number two, other than the assists he had last week, but he didn't play well. Uh, he's not really supplying. And number three, he's just flat out not playing well. So it's, it's very difficult to see this type of situation happen to someone, but I hope he at least gets back on the score sheet because if you're playing badly, you can you can score and not play well. We've seen this with several players this season. So, but I'm hoping he can get on the score sheet, even if he doesn't play a great game, just to get some confidence. Because I feel like he's just as far as confident play, he's just emptied the tank. Right. So hopefully he gets back on the score sheet at some point. But I'm like, uh, when was the last time he even scored? That was the main thing I was trying to figure out. But it has yeah. been a very long time, and. Would you say about mid-January is when? Yeah, he was. Let me think. So de December, December he was he was in exceptional form. He was playing really well. Um, I don't know how long how often he was scoring, but he was he was at least finding the back of the net somewhat regularly. He was playing good football. Lazio was in a much better position than they are now. Um, they're not in a bad position now, but you, you know what I'm saying. Um, then early January, I think he still was in pretty good form. Um, but it, it seems like mid – yeah, I think that's, that's probably accurate. Mid-January, he started to trail off. Um, and, um, and it just hasn't been the same since. Um, because if you look at um, – well, okay, their last couple of big games. They had the, the first leg of the Bayern game. Um, their, best players in the, the, their best players in that game. There weren't many. They Byron just toyed with them, um, but it was it was Carrera and Savage. Um, let's see the uh, the game this last week. Savage and Alberta were the standouts. Um, the game against Inter, I, pro I probably think Savage was the best player in that game too. Um, so you think about the last couple games, he's not been the standout player in quite some time. And again, I'm I'm a Roma fan, so I don't need this guy to to, to be the best player in the world or anything like that, but you want to see him get back on, on, on form just because it makes the league more exciting when he's playing well. And the, the, the sad thing about all this is he was on people's team of the season list, at least maybe not gets it, but it's on the list of, of that, of, of making those choices in, in t December and January. Now he's, I, again, it's way too early to do, 
I mean, we do it because it's fun to think about. And plus, at this point of the season, you—that's when I, I personally try to think about who's on my team of the season. And and I think a lot of people are at, at least mentally thinking about those similar situations. Um, and he's not even on my radar right now because he has not played well in a long time. And the form of the first half of the, you know what this reminds me of actually. You should know this. Do you know like because the last couple of years Inter were like in in course to being in the title right. race and then they hit this they hit, they hit the slump they fall out of the title race and then Juventus enter sorry Juventus AC Milan Roma Lazio all laugh at them because oh they were they were this close to getting in the title race and then they they did in inter fashion choked out um, oh, yeah. so I think to a certain extent Immobile is going through something similar where he was he started so 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 well and then all of a sudden he's not playing well and then you're seeing this similar, like not falling out of the title race, but falling out of that conversation as who's the best striker in the league right now. I mean, if you just look at this now, it's Lukaku and you don't even have to think about it. We're, we're mid-season, it's like, who's, who's better this season, Lukaku or Mobile? It's a legitimate conversation. Mm-hmm. Again, I still ride with your, your guy, but at the same time, now it's not even – there's like – there's no argument against – there's no argument for a mobile against Lukaku right now. And he – because he's just – he was playing so well. Then he hit this horrible, horrible streak, and now he's kind of uh, tapering off. And again, I hope he gets back in form. But I, I just think we have a – he has – we have – Lazio have to figure this out because I'll be damned if they're making Champions League with him playing like this. This is not happening as, as long as he continues to play like this. And again, Alberto – Great player, savage, great player, and we get all that. But, but they need they need they need their their star to start delivering more frequently if they have any you know idea of, of making the championship. Yeah, definitely. And the last match in the Champions League was Chelsea win two zero against Atletico Madrid. Chelsea advanced three zero. I mean. <laughs> The Thomas Tuchel effect is clearly working, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think he's lost. He hasn't lost a game. He hasn't lost one game. I mean, if, if they only had him last season, maybe because Chelsea obviously started horrible with Frank Lampard. Um, we kind of foresaw what was happening. And do you remember how they just bought everyone that seemed like a good idea in the, or a big name mm-hmm. in the summer? Um I'm actually really interested to see what Tuchel does with this, with a with a transfer window with this team. I think he will put he will conduct this team in a very well um, put manner. And again, he will get rid of players he that that are not used to him. It will be his team. Just you have to remember, he's not playing with his own team. Everyone that's that's at the club right now was bought by Lampard. He hasn't made any. Uh, he hasn't made any decisions or transfer over any transfers since he's been at, since he's been in charge. He's basically using Frank Lampard's team and is finding a way to be able, to be you know very effective with it. Um, I've always been a big fan of Thomas Tuchel. I think he's a really exceptional coach. Again, you know, you bring up the Dortmund situation uh, didn't go as well as it probably could have. He probably should have won a league title while he was there. But still been a brilliant coach for a really long time and against a very, very strong Atletico Madrid team with a Champions League winner, Luis Suarez, with a young super talent and Jao Felix. He was able to win over two legs 
away at home, away at the at the uh, Metropolitano, and then at home at Stamford Bridge, over two legs, starting to get more production out of the players that were really struggling. Um, Thomas Tuch has been absolutely superb, and and for a mid-season um, hire, he's he's been a he's been a slam dunk. Um, Chelsea were the better team in both of these games. They found a way to get to a quarterfinal, which is outstanding. Um, and depending on how the draws go, they have a legitimate kind of chance to, to, um, to a certain extent, go on a deeper run than most people think they're capable of. Um, again, they're not going to win the Premier League. Um, but I don't know if it's going to happen, but they could make a semifinal if they don't draw Man City, PSG, or Bayern in the next round. Again, ultimately, one of those teams are likely to be matched up with Chelsea. But at the same time, they, they have – he hasn't lost the game. And Atletico Madrid is a tough, tough out. Um, they played well. Um, he, he set up his team the right way in both of these games. They, they found their moments in both of these games and, and executed in both of these games. Um, 3-0 on aggregate against an Atletico Madrid team that barely ever concedes. Um, on the other – on the Atletico side of the coin, um, look, this defensive football just isn't going to get – it's going to win you league titles, but there's, there's, there's not a scenario in which this is going to lead them to where they want to go in Europe. It's just not happening. Um, the system is too, is too negative. It's too, you know, they're, they're top of the league, but I think they're, they have like the eighth most goals in the league. They have won a lot of games, one nil, and their form in the league is not what it is supposed to be. Um, then Suarez is scoring like a crazy person when he has chances. But this team is just not a team that plays enough, enough attacking style where you could see progression and unleashing Felix and others. And Felix is having a very good season, but he's being trapped inside a defensive system that does not suit the way he plays. Again, you have a, you, you invest $126 million in the kid, and the kid is special. There's no doubt about that. But we, ha- we need to see him in a more attacking-centric um, attack and the, the issue isn't Felix doesn't need any more help. The team is good enough, and Simeon is a great manager. But this, some of the players that the, he that they have doesn't fit the type of football that Diego Simeone classically plays. Uh, again, if you have someone like Allegri who plays defensive football, also, but Allegri played defensive football and also had Pogba and Dybala and and had had strikers that were very good that he was able to create enough attacking minded football in his defensive system. So as far as, and uh, same with Carlo Angelotti. So the point here is Simeone's, uh, uh, um, Simeone's football is so, so negative that there's not even a glimmer of attacking idea in his system. And he's a great coach and this works but not with the team he has. You don't have it. You, you can have a team like that if Felix isn't there and you don't have um, some of the more attacking-minded players in that team. If you have Suarez in a defensive team, this works to perfection. But the team he's in is, is suffocating Felix. Felix could, be, could have a 18-10-assist uh, season in an attacking system, maybe even more than that. So it's just – it's a suffocation of attacking football. It's just far too defensive. It works. He's a great coach, but this isn't working in Atletico Madrid in Europe. And again, I do think this will be his last season. Um, so I, I hope they're able to 
to get more out of Felix and others um, in the future. But but this this one this particular matchup, they should they had the better team, they had the better players, and they still came up short and didn't score a goal. So there's obviously a, a growing problem here. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I was I was seeing like Luis Suarez when he got like some of these chances that ended up like missing the mark. You just saw the frustration in some of these players' eyes when it came to like, especially in front of goal shots that they should have been making, they weren't making, and because as as you said, it's not really an attacking minded team, so. There's not really a lot of – there is some goal chance creating, but it's not as prevalent as you would see in other teams. So you could just see, like, there was, like, the frustration and everything going on. With, you could see you could see the yeah. pain in Luis Suarez's eyes. It's the, exactly. And it's, this, it's, it's not the team necessarily because they have attacking players. They're just trapped in a defensive system, and that's why they're not creating as many chances. It's basically – You've got a couple chances game to score. If you don't make them, then that's it. And that's yeah, exactly. But Tuchel, man, oh, that was a really awesome performance from him. And, and on how he – like, even though this isn't his team, it was all from – who was it? Lampard? Lampard had it. But think about this. All these players that were struggling before are all of a sudden not struggling. I don't think that's a coincidence. And again, it may be the German um, influence with um, Werner playing better, with Havertz playing better, with some of these signings that had didn't work initially playing better. And you still have enough enough space in that team for some like Mason Mount, who was great under Lampard and is getting opportunities under Tuchel. Again, Tuchel doesn't have his team, and I'm not saying he's perfect. Because he got a 0-0 draw with, with Leeds United. Leeds United have a great manager as well. Good manager. But at the same time, he doesn't have the team in, in full. And he should be getting maximum points against them. He beat Liverpool. Um, I know Liverpool is not playing well right now. But they, they have amazing te- an amazing team. Um, so you look at all that. What Tuchel has done in a short amount of time. No transfer window. Just basically taking what you got and done really well. Um, Pulisic isn't having much life in this team, and all the American fans are crying on Twitter about it. Um, and then when he had an assist that was that was quite good yesterday, they're all um, they're talking about him like he's Leo Messi again. Um, but you know that's 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 what it is. But but you you see with what his what he's doing with his team, it's 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 been really remarkable. And again, um, you know he hasn't been there long enough to really earn himself like manager of the season, the Premier League. And I haven't, I've wa- I watched the Premier League, but I'm obviously not someone that, that should be the, the voice of knowledge. I leave that to Jack Bryant, for example, and others who know more about the Premier League than maybe not know more about it, but are watching it more frequently than I do. And I do watch it, but he's done so well that he should at least get some consideration for being the manager of the season. That will likely go to David Moyes for what he's doing at West Ham and all that. And, and I, get, I get the entire situation, but, like, it's, it's really mind-boggling what he's been able to do. I remember, he, he got PSG to a Champions League final. He ended a, a decade of, of the tradition of choking. And, again, he was part of some of that. But, again, he's done a really good job. And, and this team – may not have as many cracks as we previously thought. And you just put a great manager in that situation 
he's he's found his niche in this team. Yeah, definitely. And overall, I mean, Chelsea has done a really good – I mean, Tuchel, is, like I, you just stated, has done a really good job taking these players who were, like, struggling, but now they're flourishing, which shows how much a manager's role has to do with the team. Um, and there's a lot of these other managers who have done the same thing. Like they take these players who were mediocre and turn them into something special. Um, and it's just great to see that he is able to, was able to take a struggling Chelsea team and turn them into something like spectacular right before our eyes. And, and mm-hmm. I, this is like another one, like I said, this is another one of those reasons why football is one of my favorite sports because you can see how uh, once you, e- either if it's a certain player entering a team or a new manager entering a team, it's like, I love seeing how they work together as a whole to create something, a beautiful story. Um, so up next, we have the Europa League. That happened today. Oh crap! Hold on. If you second. want, I have my laptop in front of me. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. Do what you. Okay. Do what you do then. Do what I do. I got that. <laughs> leave. Leave. Oh, sorry. Leave the Italian teams. Of uh, course. For last. Um. Up first, we have Arsenal winning three-two on aggregate against Olympiacos. Uh, even though Olympiacos won the match one zero today, um, good good for Olympiacos, my my Greek friends. Um, not too much to take. Uh, it was a good performance from the Greek champions. Um, Arsenal took care of all the business they needed to in that first the first um, um, leg, and they didn't they didn't have to do too much um, in this one. They got the they did they did lose today. And I don't know if I should be very concerned. I don't – if I'm an Arsenal supporter, I don't like it because they're a team with more weapons than than their opposition. Um, and getting a draw there would, would seem more – something more to believe in um, and, and so on and so forth. But, again, you, you take care of business in the first leg. You didn't have to do too much in the, in the second leg. Nothing really to take away. Uh, Arsenal are through in the quarterfinal. Uh, again, it all depends on matchups, but I don't expect them to be going any further than this. Um, there's there are many teams of the, the eight teams left. Um, I, I can see them advancing against maybe two of the remaining, two or three of the remaining teams, and that's it. So the majority of these teams are, if they get matched up with the wrong opponent, I don't think that they go further than this. Um, but Arsenal could could get on a run here because you just never know these competitions, um, but they get through and they should be happy about that. And um, even if they're in 10th place in the Premier League, they're in a, they're in a quarterfinal and they're um, well, we know what happened to, to their rivals, but you know, so even if they, they go out in the next round, they can say, well, we made it further than you in, in, in Europe. And you know, that adds more salt to the wounds um, for um, the other team in North London. Um, but good job. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Okay, shout out to our friend Ryan. Good job, bro. <laughs> Your team makes it on to the next round. Um, really great job for them. Um, Olympiacos 
nice job at least getting a goal in this match, but unfortunately it wasn't enough. So there's really not a lot of key takeaways from this, except that Olympiacos is going home and Arsenal are moving on to the quarterfinals. Let's see. Who do we have next? So I'm trying to save the Italian teams for the end, obviously. So we have Dynamo Zagreb winning 3-0, which, <laughs> which Zagreb win 3-2 on against Tottenham. This, <laughs> this was the most Spurs thing ever. Oh, my gosh. I can't. Hang on. Let me breathe for a second. They have Harry Kane, they have Min Sun, they have um, Vinicius, who was previously the top scorer in the Europa League. They have a good team. They have a decent manager, even though he's kind of past it. There's no reason they should have gone out. Look, if they win one nil and then they lose this one, it's not it's not as embarrassing. They had them on the ropes, and all they needed to do. Is not lose by three goals, <laughs> and then gone through. Um, but I mean, unbelievable performance from Zagreb. I'm so happy for those guys. Um, it's a it's a it's a team that that has some European success, but getting to a quarterfinal is something you obviously have to be very proud about. Um, and what a hat trick from uh, whatever his name is or- Orsic. Um, perfect hat trick. Great goals on all three, um, and really gave Spurs a really tough time. Um, again, I think Mourinho and Spurs is, is coming to an end. I don't see how they rebound from this going out in the Europa League and then obviously going further, not going do, going very well in, in, the, in the Premier League. Um, again, Mourinho is, an, is one of the greatest managers of all time. I don't know if he's in Tier 1, but he's, he's an all-time great as far as the manager goes. Um, and before joining Spurs, the longest amount of time he'd gone out without a trophy was, um, I think, a year and a half or something like that. So he has got great credentials, but he's just he's just past it at this point. And he's, his job is under serious threat right now. And if you want to go further than that, you say, well, they, they shouldn't have lost this. I mean, I, I, give, I give Zagreb a lot of credit. That was a really well – uh, put together performance. You have to feel some gratitude and give them some respect. But you know, honestly, this is more about Spurs choking away, um, you know, a tie like this. And and I'm sure Arsenal fans are very happy. They've made it further than the Spurs and all that stuff. Even though I think Arsenal probably will go out in the next round. But um, uh, you know, it's just it's just, it's just incredible. Um, but I want to give Zagreb their 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 roses because they got themselves into a quarterfinal against a heavily favored Spurs team. That was one of the couple favorites um, left in the competition to to make the final and even potentially win it. Um, As far as the other teams that are in this conversation of of who's likely to to pull this off, Zagreb just took out one of the, the, at least on paper, one of the better teams left in the competition. So not only is it great for Zagreb doing their thing, not only is it hilarious for Spurs, but Zagreb, eliminate uh, a very strong opponent in this competition. And now it seems like potentially a three-team race for the Europa League, where if they'd gone through, they would still have been looked at as another threat for the crown. But um, but the trophy drought continues. Um, 
in um in time yeah definitely it just it they like they said you just said all they needed to do was just hold on or at least get a couple goals in and they just had a hard time finding the back of the net although that they created a great amount of chances um obviously there was a lot of defensive mistakes in this match which saw Zagreb get back into it and eventually win it um Good job to Zagreb. Obvious, as you like to say, are saying, you you have to give him the roses for doing such a great job at eliminating one of the potential favorites for this yeah. match. Awesome hat trick, by the way. That I mean, all goals were great. The third one was exceptional as well. Um, I mean, that's that's not a goalkeeping issue. That's not a. He literally ran through the entire attack and they just hit a, a bomb in, in the I think at the bottom corner. So. Um, it was really well orchestrated by um, by Orsic um, getting a hat trick and and saying, "Well, we we can do this thing." And again, quarterfinals come around. You know, obviously Zagreb is a team that is very beatable for the fit, for the three favorites. But at the same time, at this point of the competition, that everyone is up for everyone's up for it. Everyone has the game face on. You know, Zagreb. I I don't know where they are in the Croatian league. I would guess they're close to the top of the table, and this is what they're really looking at. And again, um, that guy who the, the Orsic getting that hat trick. I know he's like, I think he's mid twenties or early or late twenties. I think he's he's done enough in European competitions to earn um, a bigger move. He had a hat trick last year in the Champions League as well. So this isn't some um, fluke game for him. He was excellent. Zagreb were excellent. They did. They conquered. They did what they were supposed to do. Huge comeback. Again, Spurs choked it and probably should have sat back. But, you know, um, never say never in these competitions. Little team from Croatia knocking out uh, a, a team from the Premier League. It's, just, it's, it's beautiful to see, not just from our Arsenal fans' point of view, but just for the uh, purist about seeing a little team doing and something. And I'm going to go check. Where, because you had wondered where they are in their standings. Um, I would guess close to the top. Croatia. I don't know for sure. Uh, give me a minute to figure out what the heck my laptop is doing. Croatia. Yeah. Standings. Um... Turn first, set 57 points. <laughs> yeah, yours. <laughs> yeah, but they're in like, you said first place, right? Yeah, they, they have a two point lead, um, but they have a game in hand. So if they win their game in hand, they're, it's uh, it's like five points. Um, yeah, so I, I think, I don't think it's wrapped up because that's still a decent um, shout as far as that, but. They can. I think they're in a position where they can prioritize um, this competition, um, at least you know, uh, you know, for right now, um, because you know that's a really good performance. They knock out a big team. Um, yeah. Uh, so this guy Orsic is 28 years old. So I was right about that. Um, uh, he's got 19 goals this season, but I think he's done enough for the last three years to to justify a bigger club, and that was a great hat trick. So. Um, yeah, but good for them. They get through Spurs, uh, go out in a very Spurs fashion. 
Um, now I, I, I low-key want Harry Kane to leave at the end of the season just for the reaction, but um, yeah. Exactly. Up next, um, Granada, um, even though they lost the match 2-1 against Molde today, Granada advanced 3-2. Um, good for them. I mean, I think they're they're doing they've done pretty well in the league and not great but not bad um again this was the most uh um even match and we said before this that one of these teams is going to get to the quarterfinals and that's unbelievable um and and they get the job done um not too much to take from this game um i'm happy for them getting to the to a quarterfinal um Again, everyone and their mother is going to be wanting to to draw them in the in the um, in the quarterfinals um, that takes place uh, tomorrow, I think. So, um, as as far as you know, everything goes good for them. I hope they I hope they soldier on. Um, and again, same with Zagreb. There's no easy teams left. If they're in the quarterfinals, they deserve being Liar in the quarterfinals, and they have to feel confident. You don't go into the next round feeling unconfident. Even if you draw United or Roma or whoever, um, you still have to feel that something is about it. And um, good for them. Old day, great, great campaign. Um, uh, taking out Hoffenheim in the round of uh, 32, uh, advancing through um, the Europa League group stage. Um, you got to feel happy about the way they, they have played. And um, it's a, uh, a very productive campaign. And, and they'll probably yeah, be Yeah, pretty year. much you summed up everything. There's not really a lot of key takeaways except they got the job done and they can't, and it was crazy how we knew that because when we discussed this match a couple weeks ago, we knew one of these, it was going to be a close one no matter what. And so good job on making it to the quarterfinals. Um, This one is a good one. Uh, Slavia Prague win 2-0 against Rangers and Slavia advanced 3-1. Very, I mean, awesome for for those guys. Um, my my guy uh, Nikolai uh, Stanchu scores again. Um, crazy drama, Gerard's uh, Rangers, and I don't know if anyone was seeing Rangers as as one of the favorites, but they were a team that I think a lot of people felt could go deep in this competition, getting to a quarterfinals and something like that. Uh, and they they just underwhelmed. They got a draw in the first game, and they got two sending offs in this game. One was two yells, and then one was the goalie got basically cleated in the face. And, look, you can say what you want. The intention to do something um, may not have been I, – I didn't – I don't think he went to saying, I want to cleat this guy in the face. I'm doing this without with my intention to do that. No, but when something happens like that, regardless if you meant to or not, it is a straight red. It's the right decision. Um, and then 13 minutes later, they had a guy who picked up a second yellow, two, two out. They were already losing this game because of an early goal. Um, and they needed – to be honest, they needed all 11 men to fight back in that. And um, it, was, it was very difficult for Rangers um, after that. And obviously, um, Stanchu getting that goal late, um, relatively late, um, to put away once and for all. Slavic Prague in the quarterfinals uh, – Another one of these smaller teams doing well. So, you know, very, very happy for them. And uh, I think they're going to – again, they're going to be a tough out for anybody. 
they're they're not one of the stronger teams left, but they're certainly going to they have they have the qualities to to do some damage. Um, again, can they beat a Roma, a Ajax, um, a United team? I would say probably not, but if they match up with pretty much anybody else, I think they should feel at least somewhat um, confident in getting it. I mean, you know, you, you, this is all random. We don't know who's going to draw who. Um, they could draw with, you know, a Granada team, a Dinamo Zagreb, and then they have a then they have a flip co- a flip coin to get to the semifinal. And if a team like this got to the semifinal, that would be amazing for those fans. So um, they did a good job of taking care of Rangers. Steve Majero won the league in Scotland, done a great job in this competition. But um, stuff like that happens. You can't. It's hard to win when you have only have when you got two guys sent off. But uh, Slavic progress. Yeah, the, uh, no doubt. I mean, they did what they needed to do when they went home. Um. So now, real quick, hold on. Um. I just want to ask you weren't. I as you know, I did the 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 um the whole podcast by myself uh last week. So I, just because we haven't talked about, it, I'm just curious. What were, what were your thoughts on the Ronaldo uh not sending off um in in the Juventus uh, Calgary game? Just because. Very similar situation um, with uh, this what happened? Uh, Rangers game. My brain just stopped really quick. The Ronaldo, the uh, what happened? Or wait, do you want me to just repeat, repeat or the you, question? Wait, sorry, what? What were your thoughts on the Ronaldo no um, booking uh, thing in the um, in the uh, game last week? What do you mean weekend? no booking? Like him getting sent off? Oh, no, he didn't get sent off. Is what I'm saying. He, um, how do I put this? Cross comes into the box. Ronaldo sticks his foot out, trying to connect with the ball. It hits Cap Cragno in the face. He bleeds from the lip. Um, I, I'm just curious what oh, you thought about um, that. He didn't get sent off. So he, I not. think if you, he, I think he should have been sent off, especially if you were intentionally putting your cleat out. And it caught. No, no, right. No, here's what, both both situations. Guys are trying to get the trying to connect with the ball. They miss the ball. It ends up hitting someone up by accident. Um, and again, um, so what? what in, for, throw that out for a second. In general, do you think it's fair to send someone off in that situation, even if they didn't okay? In to that do it? case, no. You don't think so? I mean, Even if you, if you didn't in the, in the mean to intentionally do it, then no. But in normal circumstances, then yes. Yeah, um, fair enough. I disagree. I think if you if if you are hitting someone in the face, if you're if if you make like if you hit someone in the face with your boot, even if you don't mean to do it, if it's a a tackle that is ag- aggressive, even if you didn't mean to do it, I still think you should be sent off just just because the 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 aggressiveness of the play, even if it wasn't intention. But anyway, okay. Up next, on. we have Villarreal advancing four zero after winning two zero against Dynamo Kiev. Um, yeah, um, good, good for Villarreal. This is kind of what I expect did to happen. Um, again, I'm praying for Villarreal Arsenal next round. <laughs> Unai Emery versus Arsenal would be amazing. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, this is cut and dry. They had the two goals in the first game. They got two more in this game. You want Unai Embry, say what you want about his time at Arsenal. Done a really exceptional job of Villarreal. Got him on the brink of a semifinal. Um, and uh, this is this as good as teams they need to, to play. Um, again, I, I'm going to keep saying this. The three favorites should not be threatened by anybody except each other. <laughs> That's just the way I see it. But at the same time, in games like this against tough opponents, you just don't know what's going to happen. It could They could be incredibly difficult out for, for anybody um, and even test the top three, even though I think they would be the favorites in said game. But they did a really good job here getting past a, a, a very strong, actually, uh, Dynamo Kiev side. Um, so they have to feel good about it. And again, it all depends on matchups and who draws who, but we're going to find out tomorrow morning whether or not um, they're going to be uh, who they're going to be playing. But I, again, you, I feel like they should feel good about their situation and have confidence oh, to take up. Come anyway. on, Arsenal. Come on, Arsenal. <laughs> I hope they. I, I, I either want Emery, um, I would either want Villarreal Arsenal. Or I think it'd be fun if me and Ryan got each other. So that that'd be my second preference. But my first preference is Villarreal Arsenal because just because of the big storyline about Unai Emery against Arsenal, I think would be hilarious. Yeah, definitely. Um, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I am totally sorry about not answering that question in like normal, clear fashion like I'm used to. It's just like when I'm sick, I really don't pay attention to much of anything. So if I missed anything, I'm sorry. Except I saw some of the results, but I just don't know a lot of the storylines. <laughs> so forgive me for that. Um, but yeah, Villarreal got the job done. Uh, had no real issue. You taking on Dynamo Kiev. They created all their a majority of their chances. Were able to capitalize getting two goals in each of the matches and they, their defense did a great job holding off um, the attack of Dynamo and they can't be mad at that. And Dynamo Kiev should be proud for making it this far um, just because we have, I think we also had them going out in the last round. Yeah. I don't remember who they played. Yeah. Oh, uh, club. So Bruce. we kind of didn't know what this team was going to do, but I mean, to make it this far is a huge accomplishment. Um, Ajax Dishop give a clean get a clean sheet as they win two zero against Young Boys and they advance five zero. I mean, Ajax or Ajax. The second they were in the Europa League, mm-hmm. you knew what was ha- what was coming. Um, it's, it's it's just what they do. I does I don't care who the players are. I don't care who the coach is. Ajax always does well. In the Champions League, it's much more difficult because you need those sort of moments and you need a really complete team. But I mean, those young guns from a couple of years ago almost made the final and probably should have. And if they make that final, they they win the Champions League against Liverpool and. And I think Cruyff would have been so – he'd be smiling um, in that situation. But, um, yeah, you just don't – you don't mess with Ajax. Ajax is a tough team. Um, you can say, oh, they don't have this, this, and this, but they have they have plenty. They have a great team together. Uh, they don't maybe have a, a world-class player individually, but as a team, 
making ground at victories. They're uh, they're in a very uh, not the one of the best leagues in the world, but in a very good league as well. Oh, outside of the top five, probably the best league. Um, so they're being tested on a regular basis. They know how to handle themselves in these games. And um, if I ha- if I remember correctly, you picked against them twice. So they're proving you wrong and anybody else wrong who thought this IX team wasn't for real. People keep saying, "Oh, this wasn't the team from from a couple years ago." And and they're right; it's not a couple team from the couple years ago. But they're still getting results, and they're vaguely similar in terms of some of the players that they have there. Again, there's a lot of IX players that that will be making bigger moves eventually. Um, but you just don't mess with IX in these competitions, and and they prove to be okay. a, a legitimate threat. Extra roses for IX. You did a great job um, defeating the young boys. You definitely proved me wrong. Um, you are definitely besides you're. I should have known better, especially since you're the team that kind of like started the whole term total football, and pretty much are a good team from top to bottom. Even though. It, like a few seasons ago, you kind of had your struggles. Um, as you just said, this isn't the team from a few years ago. This is a team that has worked hard to get to this point. And um, so really good job to them. And mm-hmm. they, By the way, by the way, they, remember, they almost made the, the Champions League final a few years ago. A few years before that, they made the Europa League final loss to Man United. They, they they know how to get to finals, and I think again, exactly as good as anybody. Um, up next, well, now we are down to our Serie A teams. Um, first we have Manchester United winning one zero against Milan. Has Man United advanced to one? Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it wasn't a great performance for Man United by any stretch. Um, but, I mean, I'm glad they went through, though, because it would have been humiliating if they had gone out like that. And, again, this it, it says maybe more about Man United than it, it does about AC Milan. AC Milan, if you told AC Milan, guys, in this game, I want you to pick the worst possible lineup you can think of. They did it. They didn't have a striker. They had Castiello as the striker. Uh, Canelo, who was still there, Cassie was still there. The rest was a complete disaster. I know Hernandez and others were in the back line. and uh, I don't remember who's in goal, um, but, but it just wasn't a team that is going to rinse um, Man United. Um, Man United didn't have uh, Pogba start on the bench against Man United. Um, Rashford was out. Um, Green was starting up top. Um, with the, the you know the, the incredible Mason Greenwood who has two goals this season, um, and then um, obviously Cavani was out. That that's contra- uh, not controversial, but um, problematic for an AC Milan or for for Man United. So Man United were not in, didn't have the greatest team out there either, um, but they had enough to do it. And again, it would have been I, I just I couldn't see a scenario where Man United was not going to get past this AC Milan team. Horrible first half. Um, and then obviously, um, Paul Pogba comes on the bench, come comes off the bench and in three minutes has scores that goal, a little problematic in the defensive area. When that goal went in, they should have cleared the ball much easier. Um, but I think considering the teams, I think it's justifiable. 
um, that, that main night went through. In the second half, they were much better. They got that goal, and, and you just never know what will happen going forward. But I think that's deserved. And, again, just for the pride of Man United, I'm glad they went through because it would have been slightly – it would have been shocking if they had uh, gone out. Not to AC Milan at full strength, but the team that they p- pulled out there, that AC Milan team definitely shouldn't have gone through because that would have been um, – Again, it was just wasn't a very strong lineup, and that's not AC Milan's fault. They felt fielded the lineup that they had available, and um, makes it very difficult. Zlatan was on the bench, um, but again, Pogba comes off the bench three minutes in, boom, scores, and that's 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 all she wrote. Uh, away from home at the the Matsaya, um, or sorry, at at the San Siro. Um, I almost said Stadio Matsaya. <laughs> I, I got confused. Um, but but um, that's where Valencia plays. But um, but again, Man United go through. Um, again, based on their performance, I don't think they should be. Uh, just because they're talented, they'll be. They're one of the favorites. But based on their performance, I don't think a Man United matchup with with one of the other two bigger teams in this should not be terrifying for them or scary. Um, Bruno Fernandez will be the X factor. Um, but they get through. And they're just a couple wins away from that final, um, just like you know the, the rest of, of of those teams. But um, getting through AC Milan is a big accomplishment, and um, despite the lineup situation, um, and they should feel they should yeah, feel definitely. Um, I was watching this. This was one of the matches that was actually on TV. Um, it was just one of those slow-paced matches. There wasn't really a lot going on. Um, there was a couple chances created by both sides, but it wasn't anything too exciting. Um, the lineup that Milan put on, I mean, it was kind of like, what are you doing <laughs> without a str- I mean, in fairness, they didn't have another choice, but that's why I felt that Man United was going to win because that lineup can't beat you. Yeah, but just leave now. overall, it was just like a really slow-paced match. Um Man United obviously got the goal from uh, Pogba and is moved on to the next round. And that's pretty much, as they say, all she wrote because there wasn't really anything else to take away from this match. So. Um, yeah, but um, also I just want to mention it's, it's, it's crazy how players that you didn't think were – really valuable how valuable they actually are because remember before the before the milan derby many weeks ago they had they had just uh, milan were out were without um benesser and prior to that they were at least in the distance of chasing the title he he gets removed or he's injured he's i don't think he played i don't think he played today um he's out of that team and then they lose the derby in humiliating fashion then they, they have another poor performance, and then they have another performance, which is much better, but then it's just been so um, inconsistent. And then they lose to Napoli. Then they get no goals in the, in the stack, or they get one goal against Red Star in the second leg, and then against Man United, even though it was 2 1 on aggregate. Um, it just shows how valuable that he actually is. And, and without him, and that's why, that's why I thought Man United was going to win this over two legs, because I just couldn't see a scenario where him not being there was going to lead to, you know, 
advancement. And Cassie was great in that first leg and was pretty good today. But it just I think he's just much yeah, more valuable exactly. than people actually realize. And last but not least, Roma win two one against Shakhtar has you guys advance five one. So lots of reactions. Um go ahead. Uh, yeah, first of all, Carlos Perez, fuck you for not letting uh, <laughs> Moriel get his hat trick. Um, all right, in fairness, he did get an assist on one of the goals, but there, uh, in the 90th minute of that game, he could have, uh, Moriel could have a hat trick, but, um, but Carlos Perez wouldn't square it, and he just tried to take a shot himself, but, you know, that's, that's a whole other issue. Um, it was like the same, it was almost the same game that we saw in the first leg. Um. Uh, I mean, it was it was very. I don't know how to explain it. It, it just wasn't very a, a very attacking minded first half from either team. They both did some you know some things here and there. Um, they had a couple chances left, you know, to a certain extent, one way or another. Um, but then, um, then the game zero 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 after the first half, and the second half the game had a little bit more life in it. Um, Moriel scores almost immediately. Um, Really great ball moving by Karsdorp's setting, not setting him up necessarily. I don't think he got an assist on it, but he caused a defensive um, deflection that just, you know, kind of fell to, to Moriel, and he just puts his head through it. Boom, Chakalaka hits in. Um, getting his 11th or 12th goal this season, um, and that was, I think that was his seventh, uh, sixth in the Europa League. Um, then um, uh, Solomon... Um, Morales um, scores the second, or scores gets one back for for Shakhtar. Um, but really, after the first goal was kind of cooked. Um, really good goal. Um, just kind of taking a shot out of uh, out of the air into the bottom corner, even falling into the net almost um, to equalize. And then late on, um, breakaway Carlos Perez to Morial. Morial puts it in the back of the net, getting his brace and. Uh, at, after that goal, um, he um, he goes top of the charts of the Europa League goal scoring with his 13th of the goal of the season and his seventh in the Europa League. Um, good brace, and against, like I said, he probably could have a third if it wasn't for his selfish teammate. Um, technically, Piazza still has seven, but he's not in the competition anymore, so he can't actually add to it. Um, so I think it's it's highly likely that Morial will be the top scorer of this competition. Again, you just never know. But considering the goal scores of the top of the charts right now, it looks like he will be the top scorer in this competition. The question is whether or not they can um, they can <clears throat> they can go to the final and win this. We're gonna have to find out and see. Um, Shakhtar didn't make mistakes. They high pressed but did it more more gradually, more carefully this time. So none of the goals that Roma scored were on on Shakhtar's, um, you know, risky, risky stuff. But um, again, uh, it was kind of over in the first leg. So there's not much to take away other than Morial continues to or gets back in form because he hadn't been playing well the last couple of games. And and again, um, sets us up well for Napoli. Do I think Roma will beat Napoli? No, I don't. But you know, um, at least they have they can feel somewhat confident. In that, uh, Morial's back in form, which was good. Uh, Roma goes to the quarterfinals, which was good. If and you know, it's it's, it's all going to question what happens tomorrow in the draw. Um, I, I I'm fine with anybody. Okay, I'm not I'm not fine with everybody. I'm I'm fine with most. 
Okay. I am, I am, I am prepared to take on anybody. I'm not, I don't have fearfulness about the others in the competition. Um, I don't want IX, but I'll take anybody else just because I think IX will be really tough. But again, if, if we get IX and beat them, then we win the whole thing in my opinion. So, um, but I'm not cheering for a, a weak matchup. I want a strong matchup um, just because it will test Roma. And if, if they can get through a tough semifinal – or, sorry, quarterfinal matchup, Roma should feel good about at least getting to the final. In the final, you don't know what happens. But, um, yeah, so I think Roma did well here. Um, again, um, they are missing their best player. If he comes back, then I'm not afraid of anybody. Um, but I don't know when he's coming back. So that's part of the problem. Um, but Roma get the job done. Shakhtar, uh, great, great counterattacking team. Thought it was going to be a little bit more of a challenge, but Roma get through again and onto the quarterfinal. Uh, the, the furthest we've gone in this competition in, in a number of, of years. Um, so, you know, well done. All taken care of pretty much. Yeah, like you said, there's not through. really a lot of major takeaways from this besides Roma move on to the next round. Um, I mean, you that was one of the main things concerns you were concerned with back before this even the first leg took place was how are you going to combat a strong counter attacking Shakhtar team when you're also a strong counter attacking team and without your counter attacking like players you were trying to figure out how you guys were going to line up to maybe hopefully make a dent in this match and you guys did this without really any major issues, which is a huge accomplishment. Um, I mean, you guys worked your butts off to make it this far, especially since you haven't made it this far in a European competition in quite some time. So. Well, I'll just be on Europa league. Cause the last two times we were in the Europa league, we went out in the round of 16, both times. Um, I don't – I'd have to go back even further to remember the last time we were in the quarterfinal. But it, it's been several years because, remember, we were in the Champions League several seasons in between the, the two Europa League um, stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. We got through. Um, Jack Tar high-pressing approach just didn't work against us in the first leg. In the second leg, um, it wasn't on them. It was just a Roma were just slightly better. Uh, Morial played well, and, and I think Roma should – feel at least somewhat confident about um, going forward. Because, again, you look at this situation now, quarterfinal, you need to just have more goals um, than the opposition. And there's only two rounds left until the final. If they get a favorable draw, they can handle it just kind of like they handled the last two. And also it's good to be the only team, in, uh, only Italian team uh, still in Europe. So that's a rarity where Juventus, Inter, AC Milan – Lazio, uh, Napoli, Atlanta, and the the only team left in Europe is Roma, which is just it is totally against the grain of what maybe not what should have happened, but what what typically how this typically works. So it's a little strange to be the only team left, but um, um, we are we will try our best to to win the um, win it all. And again, I'm not someone who cheers for other teams in Italy if I don't need to. Um, again, I'm not cheering for for AC Milan against Man United and then cheering against them on the weekend. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but it's good for Italy if one of our teams goes and wins it. So uh, Roma yeah, will try I'm, their best to do I that. Like, I was sitting here 
torn and conflicted. Like, I hate Amy C. Milan, but I kind of, like, want something brought back to Italy because it's been a very long time since we've had anything in Italy. So I'm, yeah. like, sitting there, like, torn out of my mind. But, so, Roma, please try your best to bring it home for us. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's a weird dynamic with that whole thing. I don't feel the need. I want Italian teams to do well in Europe. So in the very moment, I don't need them to be knocked out. But at the same time, I just find it a little hypocritical. Like, let's be honest. Hell Are you going to be cheering for AC Milan on the weekend? No, right? No. Are you going to cheer for Lazio on the weekend? No, right? So cheering Alonso, I mean, it depends who they play, but probably not. So I, I don't believe in the, 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 uh, the theory of cheering against a team on the weekend, but on Tuesday – wanting to them to win it just to me that that makes no sense whatsoever again if, it, if it's an italian team you have respect for or like you want them to win that's fine but if you're not going to cheer for them on the weekend or want them to win on the weekend then don't cheer for them on monday or tuesday or wednesday or thursday or whatever it is um again it's good for italian football we have more teams going further this has been a totally horrendous look for the whole league as a whole in europe um we got one team left, and I'm sure most fans who are going to be cheering for Roma uh, as we progress all the way through. Again, I'm not asking for, for Italian fans to support us, um, but we will, again, for Italy, we will try our best to get to the final. Again, there's only a few teams I feel like Roma that can take Roma out, and we'll find out how difficult that path will be um, in the Europa League Um Round of quarterfinals. Yeah. So, um, so before we close out, who, who are you? Well, one more thing. Remember, I'm we have to do this two of the favorite things just real quick. Um, okay. um, right, whatever. Anyway, Roma, who are your favorites? Uh, top three. In number one. Top three? Um, okay. Ajax, number two. And Villarreal in third. All right, I got Man United third, Roma in second, Ajax in first. I is considering the Roma situation without Jordan um, and Ajax playing. Again, Ajax didn't have the most challenging opponent, but they're, they're Ajax. They have, they have more pedigree in competitions like this. Even though I think Roma should win it, I'm just a little concerned with, um, with that team in, in, in the Netherlands um, to, to do it. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna, I've, I've had Roma at number one. Um, the whole time we've been doing this, um, I'm taking them back just a little bit, not because they're not good enough, but because IX, um, they're just capable of, of something absolutely outrageous. So I just, just because I think that that's the one team I'm really concerned about if Roma were to match up, but, um, I mean, for the time I did, but again, I think Roma can win it. And I think we, I deep down, I think we're going to win the whole thing. That's just the way I feel. Um, but Ajax is a very tricky um, up team to be messing around with in these competitions. So that, for that reason, I'm, I'm definitely Ajax to number um, one. I mean, this is definitely going to be a moot point by the time this goes to like air. But on tomorrow night, me and Elliot are going to be recording a, another episode, basically giving our, even though it's early to be like, make, 
fucking these even though obviously way too early, way too early <laughs> to be doing this, but we're going to do like an early, like, I guess we can call it like a rough draft of who. Yeah. I, I, hold on. Let me just explain. So what we're going to do basically is we're going to do our team of the season and awards for this season. Um, we will do it again at the end of the season, but because, you know, once we know who the great good players are, we know people who are worthy of being in the um, of the starting 11 um, for the team of the season. But it, I just find it really difficult to just after the season is over, then make those decisions because your, your thought process isn't thinking about it before then. You're just thinking about it in a general sense, but not in an actual sense. So I just thought it would be a good idea because I did, I did mine today of my first rough draft and man, I was sitting, look, to be honest, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I was sitting in my computer for 45 minutes trying to figure out which of my midfielders make it into my team of the season, which ones don't. And it was so, so frustrating. So just because, um, you know, it's, it's sometimes difficult to make those decisions on the spot after the season because there's, there's always one or two players that deserve to be in the team that always get out. And I think for, for both of us, we should at least – start thinking about who the team of the season is because at the end of the season, we're going to have these sort of situations. Um, and then we'll do awards. I think MVP or player of the season and young player of the year and coach are pretty much are, are I don't think there's any real conversations versus with any of them. I think they're all. Yeah, definitely. But we'll just so, do it anyways. I mean, also, I still want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking the reins on Monday and keeping this going, especially with no all the news and takeaways that were going on this weekend. Um, but...